Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the One Board Podcast. I am Rick White, and with me, as usual, is a man who picked up so many crafts in the past year. He now weaves his own socks uh, from his leg hair. It's Ryan Gutowski. You're not lying, man. You're not lying. So uh, you want me to name the actual crafts that I picked over the, up over the past year? I think you should, because I think you were a little more active in that. I tried, like, it was almost like a New Year's resolution kind of thing, where I was like, yeah. these are the things I'm going to do during a pandemic, and didn't do as well as I'd hoped, but I think you did better than I did. Yeah, so since last March, um, probably one of the first things I picked up was uh, bonsai tree cultivation. Um, it lasted about three months, killed both trees. Um, let's see. I did, uh, nail art. That was good. That lasted one time. It turned out good. I need to elaborate just a little bit. Like nail art. Yeah. You take, so you create a design and then you put the nails in and then you use string to kind of either color it in or make a pattern or something like that. So I made a meeple on a, uh, on a wooden, uh, like a wooden plate type thing. So like a, a chunk of wood. So it actually came out good. I just never did it again. So I got back into watercolors, uh, painting with watercolors. I picked up painting miniatures, uh, which I hadn't done in a very, very long time. Um, uh, what else? Did yeah. I any, and then food, didn't you have some food related things as well? Yeah, I was cooking. I was making breads. Uh, some turned out good. Some didn't. I made some of the best dinner yeast rolls I've ever had in my life. Um, that actually worked. I tried making sourdough. That didn't work. Um, I tried growing a nice. lemon tree. That didn't work. What else? <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, man. And I'm forgetting probably about five. You know? Yeah. So, Certainly. As they come up, as they as you get reminded of them, I want you to just interrupt whatever is going on and say them. Okay. Yeah. During I'll, this episode. I'll try to do that. So oh, I, yeah. I along with the mini painting. So when I was painting minis, I started looking up how to do scenery for uh painting, uh like doing sets for minis, like um mm-hmm. kind of like D D, you know, portable pieces that you can break down and stuff made out of foam board. And so I started doing that. Um, that lasted yeah. a weekend looked really good, Nice, but now I've got a sheet of foam board in the garage. I think, so. I think you got this. I think, you know, you're reminding yourself of the things that were interesting for you and now you're yeah. going to go back and do them. I know mine was, I tried to do things not like, a lot, but I was like, I'm going to watch an opera because I'd never watched an opera before. So I did that. And I watched like some other like musicals that when they were coming out and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I tried to like be more cultured for a little while and that didn't last long. Um, And beyond that, I really, you know, just raised a child, Ryan, you know, um, I guess I find that to be more worthwhile than you do but not (laughs) (laughs) yeah let me let me tell you this uh so i did all of those things on top of the fact that i work a full-time job now from home um raised three children tried to be a decent husband um and also pastored a church so yeah yeah i think this is the part where we should ask 
Yeah, we should ask the children and the wife how well you did. So let's bring them out. Ah, dun, dun, dun. No, yeah, yeah. Jerry Springer uh, show right now. Yeah. Boo. Yeah, I get um, booed. So. Understandable. No, it, it's, been, it's been interesting trying to, and honestly trying to navigate hobbies in general during the pandemic has been, yeah. has been interesting. So um, you find yourself saying, okay, what is a hobby I can do on my own? What's a hobby I can do if my partner decides that this is not for them? You know, all kinds of stuff. Well, understandable, Ryan. Now, I think it's been a long time since we've done this here uh, podcast. I think Absolutely. Yeah. Well, p- part of it was we were like, you know, podcast is kind of a thing that people sometimes do in an office or on the go. And so maybe podcasts aren't the medium for right at this moment. And then, yeah. you know, life got busy and we've explored a lot of things. Uh, you've been doing a lot of um, the Friday night fights have been huge that you picked up uh, yeah. right around the beginning of the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And um, don't Boxes. drop things oh, over there. Sorry. Excuse you. Gosh. Sorry. Boxes is that another one of your, is that another one of your hobbies you picked up was box stacking? No, I noticed that my, my box with Kingswood in it is mm-hmm. like, it's slightly askew and I was trying to like help the lid fit on nicer and then I just dropped it. So. <sighs> Disappointed. Um, but not as much but as I that's, <laughs> um, it was interesting because I was listening to, um, I was listening to an older podcast, just kind of get back in the mindset of podcasting. And I listened to one that you and Bob did and you started talking about unmatched and it was like in a way of where it was like still new and stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, remember when Ryan was just learning unmatched and now he does this weekly, you know, video series on unmatched. (laughs) Yeah. So a little, a little Friday night fight tangent. Um, We started this thing. We just celebrated our one year anniversary doing it. And we don't have 52 episodes. We actually have 25 episodes uh, because during the summer we missed a couple weeks because we weren't home on a Friday night or we just were blasted from the week. Um, And then during the month of September, we took a little bit of time off. And then uh, in October, we actually did very, very selective, very, very tiny, um, couples gaming nights where we invited another couple over Mm -hmm. and we, you know, we made sure everybody was COVID free and we took super precautions and we played board games during the month of October on Friday nights. And so we didn't play for a while. And what happened, I didn't realize what happened was every time I would post a video, whether it was a review for something or we would do a live stream of an unboxing, somebody would be like, Hey, where's them Friday night fights? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, it is, this is not the forum for that. And they're like, when's that unmatch coming back? And I'm like, come on guys. And so I didn't realize that people were actually watching it every single night. And then we had an entire other set of people in Poland and Australia and, you know, Russia. Um, we had people watching it Saturday morning. They would wake up and have their coffee and watch Friday night fight. And I'm like, there you go. That didn't compute in my head because this was a stupid little thing that we were doing and playing around with. And it was something that Aaron and I would have just played a game together anyway. We were just letting people watch us, you know? And so when people kept saying, where's Friday Night Fights, anytime I would publish content, I was like, Aaron, we have to keep doing this. 
you know. Um, and <laughs> because I actually, we're celebrities now, international celebrities. It, it is no, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> so that is the one thing that Friday Night Fight is the thing that if you haven't checked it out, youtube.com slash one board family, you'll see it. If you've ever looked up Unmatched, you'll get Friday Night Fight. Um, apparently, yeah. that's the thing now. So, um, yeah. But yeah, and I mean, there's lots of stuff still coming out for that game and it's doing so really well. It's got some expansions, so I'm sure it'll keep going for a while. Yeah. Um, and we've played and tested some of the also, stuff and it's good. So, yeah. And you've also started um, doing some video like podcast kind of things um, every week as well. Every other Monday. Where you're cheating. Week. Yeah. Where yeah. you're cheating on me basically is what I'm saying. Absolutely. So, while we took this podcast break, I was still wanting to do some sort of video content. And I reached out to uh, Isaac over at um, Gaming with Sidekicks. And I just, I wanted to do something where there was a partnership where we actually, we're two smaller channels. We're not Dice Tower. We're not anything close to anybody else. And so I just said, Isaac, hey, let's do a co-branded video show. And it, it's been fun. Uh, we've really enjoyed it. And every other episode, we have somebody else come on. We had Ross Thompson come on from the op. Uh, we recently had Grant Lyon, the uh, uh, comedian who actually uh, did the game curmudgeon. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's really fun. And remember, you and I did a video podcast do you remember that? It was mm-hmm. five years ago yeah. or something. Nobody you else does, I, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> like we had three good episodes and then after that, nobody watched. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it was also very poor quality, like extremely poor quality. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, um, I'll expect my invitation as a guest soon, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll you know, live your life. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, Rick, we always we always start these shows off with what you've been playing. So, should we do that? I mean, I mean, is that what we want to do? Is that what you want, Ryan? Is that what you know. want to do? I don't know because Ryan, got, what is? What are two? I've got two games I want to talk about. Well, then, how about you kick us off then? Because you sound pretty excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, this goes back to the mini painting thing, but. I got my copy of Zombicide. Um, Zombicide uh, Second Edition was a game that was that Simon brought to um, to uh, Kickstarter back in 2019. And at the time, I was like, I've always wanted to play Zombicide. It seems right up my alley. It seems right up the alley of like my youngest daughter, Kendall and Josiah. I feel like they would dig it. Um, it's one of those games where you just get five or six people around the table and enjoy a Friday night. Of course, this is pre-COVID. And so the idea was get Zombicide, have people over and do weekend campaigns and stuff like that. Yeah, well, and that went well. Yeah. Well, it just happened that Zombicide was delayed long enough that it just showed up. Okay. So Aaron mm-hmm. and I are vaccinated now and a lot of the people around us are. And so things are starting to open up a little bit. And so we're starting to talk about what does it look like to put people, you know, bring people to our table and, and play in a safe, healthy environment. And so Zombicide, I thought digging into the 67 page rule book, I was like, this is going to be a beast and nobody's a novella. Yeah. Nobody has a watch it played for second edition. 
So I was kind of, you know, I didn't, I couldn't do my normal watch the video reference, the rule book. I had to read the whole rule book, which I'm not used to. And we know how much you hate reading. It's the thing that I don't want to do, but I have to do. So, especially <laughs> yeah. when I get these games, I have to review, I have to actually read. So yeah. Anyway, so I uh, went ahead and um, read the whole rule book and it just, it clicked with me. I was like, okay, cool. I can teach this. Josiah and I played the tutorial mission uh, last week, had a really fun time with it. And then this weekend uh, had two friends come over and we sat down and just had a blast with it. So um, Zombicide season two, it's a big box full of miniature zombies and roads and yeah you're gonna need your own shelf for that yeah probably it's it's a chunky two chunky boxes so i'm gonna have to uh make some space so understandable uh just kick josiah out of his room um i was was talking to the kids i was like who wants to give up their room so (laughs) um and well we already talked about you and i that you were going to be adopting the miniatures and we're worried that uh josiah and uh, Kendall might not have a father anymore because the kids are getting just... jealous because as a as a way of coping with um, stressful situations, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to paint this mini, and I'm and really if you talk enjoying to it. Me, I'm going to scream at your face. <laughs> no, it's been it's been very therapeutic and it's really good. So awesome. Well, Ryan, you and I the other day played Stardew Valley, the board game on Tabletop yes. Simulator. Um, yeah, so let me, let me throw out this after right after we played it, I saw that mm-hmm. Shut Up and Sit Down published a video review for the physical copy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, you did. I haven't okay. watched it, but I did see your reference. Okay, so yeah, talk. You talk about it, and I won't. I won't taint the conversation. Yeah the the game is was very popular the past few months. Um, you know, a lot of people have played Stardew Valley on their phone, um, uh, or, you know, some other device. I don't know. Did it kind of take over your life for a while? Like it did for mine. Stardew Valley. Yeah. So I actually didn't get Stardew Valley for a while. And then day I was having, it was around Christmas, uh, two years ago, I was just having a, having a rough week. And uh, just stuff at work wasn't going well. And uh, Aaron, on a Saturday morning, I walked into the living room. She was standing there with a controller in her hand. I was like, what's this? And she was like, Josiah, help me go through the PlayStation store and buy Stardew Valley for you. And so she handed me the controller and I sat there. I probably sat there for six hours just being like, uh, drooling on myself. I'm a farmer now. Um, yes. But it's, you know, a... a basic kind of i guess like animal crossing harvest moon kind of smash up uh thing where you're got your farm that you're running but you're also mm-hmm. trying to make friends and give people gifts and go mining and stuff like that um and so when i first saw this is going to be a board game i was like this isn't going to translate all that well um but uh, you and i i sat down with the rule book um you and i started playing it on tabletop simulator um, from my experience, it's so it was surprising to me how well the game was translated over to a board game. A lot of the features are there, yes, um, yeah. and they're executed as a board game pretty well. Um, and even things like um, the 
random bonuses that you might find, even finding artifacts out uh, around the map and uh, going mining and going fishing. And uh, there's a lot of little pieces that are executed pretty well without also being overly complicated. Like the game is complex and it takes a while to play. Um, So I would not say that it, I wouldn't say it's a casual game, but it's like a, it's like an introduction to a more serious game, I guess. Like if you've played other games and you're like, I'm ready for a more serious experience, I think Stardew Valley kind of works for that. Um, So you and I played it, had a pretty good time. Uh, Two player, um, we, you play through, you're trying to accomplish four random missions that get dealt out. And then you have to do these six other missions that are laid out all before um, the, the calendar year ends. So you get Mm -hmm. a certain number of turns per season, different crops show up in different seasons and different things are available, which is really cool. Um, And you've got to manage your time and manage your movement. Uh, It's a cooperative game. So you all work together to plan out your turn first and then you Mm -hmm. execute on that turn. So it was, it was pretty fun and we won, which is obviously uh, very important, Um, but uh, had a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think, I think part of the success of us playing it was the fact that we are, when we played it, we played, uh, did you, how did you set up the uh, random objectives, the random missions? It, how it, did you set that up? The, the, the thing that we used just kind of generated them randomly. Okay. Okay. So I think yeah. that the, the setup of the four missions that we had at hand really led to us enjoying it because they were different enough and they weren't overly difficult and they felt obtainable. Um, One of Uh the things, one of the criticisms that I see about the game is that some of the missions are almost impossible, you know, especially if you get two of the harder missions. And I almost wonder, you know, we, that's something that I usually tout in a review or a coverage of a game that there's a lot of replayability because you have these different missions and it'll be different each time. But in a situation like this, getting two two missions that are too difficult can really spoil and ruin a game. And and I'll bring this back to Zombicide because it comes with, uh, I think, 25 missions in the rule book. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that it had a hard difficulty, medium difficulty. I just saw the time and I was like, 60-minute mission, great. Didn't read that it was a difficult mission, a hard mission. And so luckily we all had such a good time and we got to the very end of the mission before we died. But I think that if the four of us who were playing that game had a bad experience, 40 minutes in, we just got stomped and trampled. I feel like it would have ruined the first introduction to this game. And and that's, if we had two hard missions that didn't seem like we could even finish it, I think it would have spoiled our fun with with Stardew Valley. Right. Well, and we had a we had a lucky draw with the greenhouse which allowed us to grow yes. crops from whatever season we wanted which helped with some of the missions that we got. Um and so that was a big help like and I could definitely see it being frustrating um if you had stuff. I think the other part too like that it has an interesting balancing mechanism where you have to do things a certain number of times based on the number of players that are playing, which kind of allows mm-hmm. for 
you would think it's like, oh, that's an easy way to do the ramp up of difficulty, but I don't know how well that happens. I, I know you said from the shut up and sit down um, uh, review that they thought maybe higher number of players isn't quite as good. Yeah, they mentioned that with a four player, I mean, the turns, the the rounds take so long and time in between is so laborious and so and i mm-hmm. you know it, i could definitely see that there are games we have in our collection that i will never play at the highest player count just because anybody who who gets distracted they're gone from the game their phones in their hand they're they're up moving around because it's it's such a large amount of downtime and that's rough so would you say based off of kind of uh, obviously we've only played once like, what is your interest in playing it again? And is it something, it is sold out right now, but if it was to reprint, I think it is reprinting in the summer. Is it something yeah. you'd want to buy or, you know, how do you feel about it? I would hope that I would get the opportunity to play with a friend. I don't know if I would own it. Um, I think that, I think they did a good job of making it feel like Stardew Valley, which is great because mm-hmm. I love the game, but I don't know that I need anything but the game in my life. You know, um, mm-hmm. there have been some things where I'm like, I would love the video game equivalent. So recently I bought slow the spire on, uh, on, on, on an iPad. And so I, I'm playing slay the spire and enjoying that. Well, there's a split slay the spire board game coming out. I kind of don't want to try it because I enjoy the game <laughs> so much that I feel like right. putting a physical version out there is just not going to be as good. And then I'm going to be like, I kind of wish this didn't exist, but Stardew Valley yeah. is it's good enough that I'm glad as it exists, but I don't know that I need it, but I would definitely play it. Right. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same. I would definitely, if somebody brought it to the table, I'd play it. Um, hesitantly. I, it's also one that I'd have to play with the right people. Yeah. Um, I think if if we had some folks that we know that have analysis paralysis pretty bad, I would go crazy sitting there on that game. Uh, And so uh, I don't know that I'd ever get a group that would want to play it frequently enough to own it. But I mean, if it, if it was one of those that I found at like a flea market or something for a really Mm -hmm. good price, I'd probably buy it. But like, yeah, I doubt it's something I'd pay full price for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also, shut up and sit down made a really good point in their video review of it, that there is so many pieces to the game and they don't give you a great way to organize it. They don't even include bags from what I understand. And hopefully the second printing that'll be corrected, but that's a hassle. You know, I I just had to, yeah, I just had to punch all the stuff for Zombicide and I had to go in and find some bags stuck in the back of my shelf so that I can go ahead and bag stuff because it was just everywhere, you know? So. I've got um, I got a copy of Holy the other mm-hmm. day, the Festival yeah. of Colors that has like the stack of game, and it has a yeah. It, I haven't played it yet, so hopefully, have you? Did you guys end up playing it? Yes. Or? So Aaron and I played it at Tantrum Con, uh, best oh, okay, con- the best and only convention of 2020. There you go. Yeah. Um, so it it's got a nice game tray in there, but mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you how to put the stuff in. And maybe yeah. I'm silly and have spatial reasoning issues, but I'm like, I need a guide. Can somebody tell me where this stuff goes? Yeah. Um, I, I would like that. Um, I also got a game, Zoography, 
which I had on Kickstarter a while back, and it's kind of got the same thing. They did, I did message the creator and he sent me something, but that's becoming a pet peeve of mine is like when you have this big organization tray, but don't yes. tell me how to do it and don't have pictures somewhere. Like, yes. just take a picture, dude. Just send that's me a picture. A hassle. Yeah. Um, so my second game I was going to talk about is King of 12. Um, I wanted to talk to you about it because you love Love Letter. I do. Right? It's okay. true. I, it, it's weird. It's not the same game, but this feels like the, the next evolution of Love Letter to me. Um, okay, so I'm just going to Google it while you talk. Yeah, so King of 12, my review actually will be out tomorrow, which it'll already be published by the time you hear this podcast because we're going to probably publish this a week from now. But uh, King of 12 is a game about um, trying to win the throne out of your other competitors. So plays two to four players and you get a hand of cards similar to, some, to something like campy creatures where you get a hand of cards uh, in this game, you'll get seven cards and everyone will get the identical seven cards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody plays a card uh, at the beginning of the ra- round. You throw a die, very cool blue, uh, blue, you know, translucent die, really cool, comes with the game. And so everybody rolls a die, and that's your number for that round. Okay, so let's say uh, the 12-sided die, let's say I, I rolled a four. And what we do is we all play a card face down, and then one, two, three, everybody flips the card over simultaneously, and it takes effect. Okay, so something like my card might tell me to increase my die value by seven, but it's a temporary change. So what I would do is I would have the number four on my die, and then I would add seven to it in my head, and my new number would be 11. So when we compare numbers, my number is 11, even though my die didn't change. Everybody does their die or does whatever their effect is. And then the person, if, if a card, if a card that, if no card was changing the rule for that round, the person with the highest number on their die gets two points. The second highest gets a point with these little tokens. And so what makes the game so cool is it's, you're trying to remember what other people have played, but also there's this canceling effect in the game that is really, really cool. If you and I play the same exact card, we cancel each other's cards and that effect does not take place. Okay. So you're always watching the person next to me. Is it advantageous for them to play this specific card? And if it is, I have to walk mine back and play something different so that I don't cancel each other out. Or you could actually try to cancel somebody out to put somebody else ahead point-wise. So there's a lot of jockeying for position in this game with little, little things, little plays of cards. Um, The cards are the larger tarot size cards, beautiful artwork on every single card. And um, it's expandable. The game, I think it comes with 12 different uh, card effects, uh, 12 different cards. And so you're only ever playing with seven. So you have five that you can switch out. Um, Let's say you don't like one of the effects. You take four, take those four cards, throw them back in the box and deal out one of another type of card. And now you have a, a different game basically so um the game awesome. uh, you're trying to win the game twice uh you're trying to win two rounds uh to be the ultimate winner and king of 12 is 
really, really good. It feels like an advanced gamer love letter um, just because there's this, there's partial knowledge and, and managing like what card you play and watching what everybody else is playing. I love it. So nice. Um, and it's lucky duck, right? Lucky ducks publishing it uh, in the U S so it's actually out in Europe already. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, well, fancy Europe. Um, no, that sounds fun. And I mean, we actually played love letter um, a couple weeks ago when I was at my in-laws house. So that's one that still gets to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be cool to kind of look at something else and try it out. And it looks like it's going to be on the affordable side and that's always good. Yes. Um, yes. Ryan, you know what I did? What? I played a solo game. Really? I, I did it. I so did. That's the one thing that I still haven't done, um, is actually played a solo game. I've gotten close though. Like two or three times I sat down, I was like, I gotta play something. It sounds like you're talking about like some uh, temptation or something. Like yeah, I got really yeah. close, guys. I've been resisting it. Um, I almost I played actually, a solo game. Um, guys, watch out. Um, I actually, and I might have talked about it uh, on the podcast. I can't remember. That was a lifetime ago. Um, but played a solo game called Bargain Basement Bathysphere yes. um, not long ago, which is a free play, free print and play uh, solo game, which was really fun. Um and I had a good time with it. And it's something if you've really thought about doing solos, I see maybe that's my like chill thing. Like you go and paint your minis. I'll sit and play this print and play solo game. And then we'll, uh, you know, have a good time together. Um, maybe you do that in one room. I'll sit next to you at the table and we'll just, you know, hang out. Yeah. Um, so the one that I've played that is um, uh, available now um, is called uh, Ada Lovelace Legacy of the Analytical Engine, um, which is a sequel to another uh, game that was released not too long ago. And so I saw somebody talking about it and um, seeing if people wanted to review it, and so I did. Um, it, it was weird because um, I was trying to, I actually asked the creator, I was like, how do I review this? Because I don't want to show things because there are kind of spoilers and stuff. You know, it's one of those where you, it's almost like reading a book um, because you're going on this adventure, your things are changing as you go along and it's it's pretty interesting. Um, so maybe a podcast is the way to do it. I don't know. Um, but basically what you're doing is you're Ada Lovelace going around and trying to solve crimes. And so each level is a map that has squares on it. And um, you are searching and your searches, uh, the areas that you're able to search are determined by die rolls. So you roll two dice um, for a turn and it's uh, that you've got like a wheel of not, they're not all pentominoes because not all of them are five squares, but just different Tetris like pieces. Um, And uh, there is a die, it's a wheel of six pieces and there's a die in the middle of them. So like a one is between two of the pieces. So if you roll a one, you can pick either piece that's to the side of the one. And so what you're trying to do is fill out the board with the pieces that you've selected. Um, or perhaps um, there's also little special squares that are evidence. And so if you uh, encircle those with uh, your pieces that you're 
that you're rolling for, you get a special bonus or you unlock the opportunity to get a special bonus, which can give you more squares to cover, or it can allow you to do things like reroll your dice, or it can just give you bonus points. Um, and all the levels work like that as the game goes along. You have the ability to like upgrade things and like earn special bonuses if you do well enough um, in the levels. So That's it's really interesting cool. in that, uh, and then it gets to like a final boss, which is this more challenging level, um, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting because it's like a legacy game in that, like once you play it, you might not feel as motivated as motivated to play it again. But I would say the one change would be that because you are able to level up. Um, based on your performance, it's one of those where you might feel like you can, it's like replaying a level in a video game and you didn't collect quite, uh, quite collect all the bonuses. And so you want to go back and get all the stars or whatever like that. Hmm. Um, it's kind of operates like that. So you might want to go back and redo a level to try to do better. So you get better bonuses and things like that. So it's a pretty cool game. Um, and we'll try to put the link in the show notes. Um, it's available on PNP arcade. Um, and so, nice. uh, it's one that people can check out and, uh, again, a print and play game. So you're not having to go out and buy a big box. You can just buy it, print it off, play it. Um, it's got cool things where you like cut things out of the paper and tape them over other parts yeah. and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So, um, something that people might check out. Maybe That's Ryan, awesome. that could be your first one. Yeah. So I was, uh, I've actually had two ideas of, I can't remember what they are now, but there's two games that I own that actually have solo modes. And I was like, I could see playing this solo. So yeah. So we'll see one day when I, when I go in and play a game solo, you'll be the first one to know. I'll take a picture of myself with no one else. I'll take a picture of myself with no one else, me in the board game, because it's a solo and say game. Yeah. solo night, and you know, send you the selfie. So. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we we've spent a lot of time talking about games, perhaps more than we expected. Mm. Um, but I mean, and we did talk about you know, it's been a pretty crazy year. Yeah. But just like, you know how how has have you seen your gaming changed? in like the past year, like you, you mentioned a little bit about it, but like yeah. kind of give us a picture of, of how things have been for you, you know, board game wise. Yeah. So, so with the pandemic, like we're a family of five, but I will tell you that even as a family of five, it's so funny because I go, always go back to a quote of yours. You said one time on the phone when we were talking, just chatting a couple of years ago, you said you have four built in player, a, board game players in your home. And as the (laughs) kid, that was true at the time when you said it years ago. And, uh, but as time has gone on, that's not necessarily true because while, while I can be down to play a board game at any time, just, just tell me board game, let's go. I'm down. Aaron, she's, she's gotta, she's gotta be in the mood to play a board game and it's got to be something that she can wrap her mind around, especially during a weekday. The kids, all three of them are teenagers at this point. Emily will play a very short game that she doesn't have to think too hard about. Josiah will play a game only if he feels like it and he knows the rules. And then Kendall, it's a wild card. Okay. So <laughs> the, the, my board game family is shrinking. 
you know, it usually becomes just Aaron and I. So a lot of two players, a lot of two player games have hit the table during the pandemic. But what I found myself doing was finding ways to play games uh, like roll and rights, playing them over Zoom and things like that. One of the one of the fun times that we had that I can remember, um, I grew up playing Yahtzee a bunch. My dad loved playing Yahtzee. That was family game night. We would play Yahtzee, um, especially with my aunt and uncle when they would come over. Um, but there was a night when we put, I didn't want to teach a new game, but there was a family in our church that I was like, let's play a game together. You guys are struggling just as much as we are with the pandemic. Let's, let's play something over zoom. So we jumped into a zoom call. Everybody had a set of dice. I sent over uh, Yahtzee pads to them uh, through email. They printed them out on the printer and we just played Yahtzee for like an hour. It was really fun. And, awesome. and even though we couldn't be in the same space, we still had a good time. And we did that with things like using cues, but I always had to teach it. We did it with monstrosity and, um, we did it with, uh, welcome to, we ran a couple board game nights with friends of ours with welcome to, we also, uh, what mm-hmm. was the other one? Um, the truck off did a, rolling. Did right. we do a live, a live stream with welcome to as well? We did. I think we, I think we did. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. we had a lady who thought it was live at the time and she kept trying mm-hmm. to, kept trying to talk to us, but it was a replay of the stream. And she eventually emailed us and said, are you even getting my messages? And I was like, oh, we did that like a week ago. So it was really funny, but people could play along at home and had Mm -hmm. a really good time. Uh, We had a great time with that. So yeah, and I won and that's what's important. That's true. That's true. So how about you? How's, how, how did gaming change for you during the pandemic? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's Sarah and I and Phoebe and Phoebe is still just a year and a half old. So not great at board games. Um, I'm a little disappointed. She needs to get it together. She lacks um, that dexterity. You gotta yeah, really work on Maybe that. that's, yeah, she's, it's just disappointing. No, um, Sarah and I have been playing a lot of, well, not a lot, but we've, we've been playing games here and there. Um, Probably once every couple of weeks, um, we did a lot of Codenames duet at the top of the pandemic. That was just when Sarah was tired at the end of the day, you know, just sitting around can wear you out. Um, that's what we would play. And then um, uh, we've tried a few other things like we got back in. We did a, a think pandemic legacy it had been in a long time since we planned played that which you might think like you're in the middle of a pandemic why would you pay play pandemic legacy but not too bad um and just a couple other things that she played um uh i had people over um a couple of times where you know we still stayed distant and folks that had been just staying at home so no real uh issues there at first but um playing some games to review but we really i really got into board game arena um, pretty quickly. And I've been playing that not nearly as much, but uh, every now and then I'll, you know, sit and play for a few hours or have a couple days in a row where I play. Um, and me and Bob and Adrian have had a good time with that. Um, uh, what I think I was looking at my top games other than, you know, 
uh what is it can't stop which i played 200 yeah, yeah. something times um well you and I played my... potion explosion a couple times which i enjoy yeah. i enjoy online potion explosion we uh lately we've the lost uh lost ruins of our Ar- we learned that one mm-hmm. um we play well my top three besides yeah. can't stop are seven wonders because there was a while where i was playing that i love i greatly prefer seven wonders digital to real life i've decided um we have gotten really heavy into luxor i think you and yes. aaron have been playing that like crazy too yep um we, and then luxor that, yeah go luxor ahead luxor, be, luxor became our um if it's 10 o'clock and we didn't feel like watching a tv show well right now we're re-watching my name is earl um but as you the, should yeah and uh, so we would play Luxor, and then Aaron would be like, if I beat her, she's like, no rematch. And we would delay going to sleep <laughs> just because of that stupid game. Understandable. Well, um, and then Dice Forge is my next one. I played 22 games of that so Whoa, far. Oh, nice. I didn't realize I'd played it so much. Uh, Lucky Numbers, which we played with Bob a couple times. And then King's Guild, which we did a, yep. that was the first game I did her a digital review of once we kind of got into this new world of things. But what's been really fun about that is getting um, my less gamery friends on, on there. Um, I had some friends that um, we played uh, like Can't Stop a few times, and then they started to explore it and they started to play other games and played with each other and then brought some of their friends along. Um, I got my in-laws to play. I've gotten like three separate groups of friends to play on uh, board game arena. So it's yep. been something that we've kind of been able to do like that, um, you know, game night feel um, even when, you know, things prevented us from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that has, I think one of the things about the pandemic has been that even when a person's been far off, a good example would be that um, we had some friends, we've had a couple of friends move away from the area in the past year or two. And it gave us the reasons because it would be easy to just say, Hey, three or four people come over, let's play a game together. It's a little harder to schedule time with a friend of yours who's moved away. And so mm-hmm. um, it made us a little more intentional about that. Um, I got to play from, play a board game on board game arena with a friend from Atlanta that I hadn't seen in a while. We haven't seen each other since last year. Um, and then I got to play a couple games on TTS with a friend of mine from Birmingham that moved uh, just right after the pandemic started. And so it, it's, it kind of has refocused what it means to play a game with somebody and how it happens. You know, Board Game Arena is, I can tell you, Board Game Arena is my platform of choice. TTS is nice. It has some great, great function, uh, really cool table presence, all this stuff. But I'm not, like Board Game Arena, the automated stuff, being able to play uh, a game with Jacob Kuhn over in uh, Germany. I mean, we played, We I woke up on a Saturday and he was getting off of work and finishing up his job. And we played for about an hour and a half and just chatted on the discord server and just had a really good time. Um, and so I'm really glad BGA, um, exists, uh, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. So it's an awesome tool. Yeah. 
Well, Ryan, you know, this is, it's weird. We haven't done this for a while, but, you know, talking board games with you just comes so naturally, man. And we it just, really does. You know, it's just so, so right. Um, but uh, we're hoping to kind of get back on a regular schedule with our podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and record some more of our uh, regular show. I guess this is, yes, season six. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, you know, when, when we get a little more time, we might look at bringing Willet Game back because that's always mm-hmm. pretty fun. Um, and so, but yeah, we're hoping to kind of bring this show out on a regular basis and uh, hope hope those subscribers are still there, all Absolutely. five of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and I might change up some of the artwork on the on these shows so that you can tell that new content's coming. So, um, yeah. yeah, we we super appreciate it when you guys. Uh, anytime you let us know. Um, that you're listening or whatever, it really, it really hits home with us. So, um, and we saw that with Unmatched, you know, hearing from people and where they're listening, uh, where they're watching from is huge. So uh, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, as always, you can find us at, at one board family all over social media, uh, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, you know, uh, Twitter, whatever. Um, and then you right. can also find all of our written content at uh, oneboardfamily.com. And uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel is actually on a regular basis. We have content on there. So uh, go ahead and subscribe, youtube.com slash oneboardfamily. So. Yeah, and we got some contests and stuff coming up uh, with, with the um, YouTube channel. Maybe we'll get one around the relaunch of the podcast so, um, you know, if you're listening to this, be on the lookout, maybe check out the webpage and you'll find it. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, doing this, Rick. Thanks for putting it together, man. So uh, until next time, we'll see you at the table. Something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.